Hey, welcome back, all you fellow still figuring it outers. My name's Kyle, and I'm still figuring it out. This episode, I really wanted to just share about a day I had uh, a few weeks ago now, uh, maybe maybe a month ago. It's it's one of those days. It, it was a Saturday, and I didn't have anything planned really, not much on the schedule. And sometimes those are the best, right? Like you. Uh, we just are, we fill our lives so much these days with so many things. It's great every once in a while to just wake up on a Saturday, maybe sleep in a little bit, um, and just you know not have a whole lot to do. Well, so this this particular day, I was I was I happened to be scrolling on social media, which you know I have a lot of mixed emotions about. Obviously, there's uh, good and bad that comes from social media. This podcast maybe you just dis- discovered it because i posted something on social media and so you you found that and, and hope perhaps hopefully that, that that's a good thing but often we can just start mindlessly scrolling and we just keep scrolling and scrolling and uh it it just kind of numbs our mind it doesn't really help anything and then we look at our watch and we realize i have just wasted so much time you know doing a small thumb exercise but Besides that, you know, nothing really good came came out of it. Uh, well, this day, you know, something did come out of uh, simply seeing a, a post. So this post that I saw was from one of my favorite bands of all time. So if you know anything about me, I'm um, born in the 80s, so I really grew up in the 90s. Truly a 90s kid, loved uh, Nirvana, loved the the grunge, the alternative, and then the post-grunge that really came out uh, in the late 90s, just guitar-driven music, and that that's one of the reasons why I play guitar now and, and kind of write songs that are, that are very guitar-driven. Uh, but one of my favorite bands, Tonic. Now, not a lot of people are as familiar with Tonic as maybe some of the other 90s bands, but you would probably know uh, at least one song from them, which is their their biggest hit, If You Could Only See. So that, that song was kind of the one that, that most people know. And I, I cover that song quite a bit when I play by myself or with the band, uh, especially if we're doing a bunch of 90s covers and stuff. That's, that's a, a staple. But I, I've loved Tonic since I heard that not just that song, but that whole first album, Lemon Parade, was just such a great album. Um, so anyway, the post that I saw was, was from Tonic, saying that they were going to be playing at a nearby town, downtown, a free concert that day. And, you know, it's not every day that your favorite band is going to be playing close to you, and it's not every day that it's going to be a free concert as part of this music festival that was also a bike race, and it's not every day that you find this out on a day that you don't have anything planned. So just the universe, you know, really just kind of orchestrated all of this. So so I tell my wife, you know, I just found out about this. I'm going. Like, it's not even a question. Like, I've got to go and hear, you know, my favorite band. I've kept up with these guys since the 90s. I've got all their albums. Uh, even Emerson Hart, the the front man, he's got his own solo career. And I love all of his stuff, too. He's still putting out music all the time. Um, so, so I was like, I'm, I'm going, uh, who, who's going with me? So eventually, we figured it out. I was going to take my two oldest kids, 
that are still in the house with me, Jacob and Jenna. They are middle schoolers now, and uh, they I convinced them to come with me, even though it's, it's not their scene necessarily. It's not their type of music, but I thought this is great. This will be some bonding time with them, some, you know, two companions, two um, co-journeyers on this adventure that we're going to have, uh, you know, just driving an hour and a half away to, to go to this concert. So, you know, in the car, we're listening to Tonic, we're getting excited, we're getting pumped up, um, finally find a parking spot, we, we get going, you know, there's an opener band, and as, as they're playing, actually, um, I, I see Emerson and Dan, two of the, of the members, kind of walk over, and I thought, oh, this is awesome, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk over and, and say hi, and I end up talking to Dan, the bass player, who also is a co-writer, uh, just super, super nice guy, he just was so welcoming and, and was great to to talk with me, and I, of course, I told him what a, what a big fan I am of, of theirs, and uh, and actually, I had been able to meet Emerson one other, one other time, he was playing at a, a benefit concert, um, also not too far away, and one of my friends, one of my friends, Jimmy, was also playing at this event. So he was one of the openers, and Emerson was kind of the headliner. And, and Jimmy invited me to, to hang out backstage with them. So I got to hang out with this with, with Emerson Hart, who was like one of my, you know, idols. You know, you, you look up to, to these people who write the songs that are just like soundtracks to your, to your childhood, to your life. Uh, and, and it was an amazing experience um, just to... To hang out with him, I was a little starstruck at first, you know, because what do you say? I mean, how do you how do you begin to just have a normal conversation with someone who you revere uh, so much? Um, but but then it was like, I it wasn't just a hey, you know, I love your music, you're awesome, goodbye. I was like hanging out back there. So uh, after a while, things just kind of normalized, you know. This and this was this was probably seven, seven or eight years ago. So anyway, part of me was wondering uh, if he would remember me, if he would, you know, remember that event. And so I wanted to kind of reconnect with him. Um, and I wasn't sure if I'd be able to get that chance. I actually wrote a little uh, a little note to to try to get to him if I wasn't able to get to him. That just said, "Hey, my name was Kyle. Do you remember me? Remember we, you know, we, we hung out backstage and you played my favorite song for me, Soldier's Daughter. Uh, yeah, that was that was awesome. And and oh, by the way, I, I'm I'm now in a rock band, and you know, a lot of a lot of my songwriting I think is even influenced by your songwriting. My band's called Seeking Gravity. I hope you check it out, and I hope you want to take me on tour with you and let me open for you all the time, and and we'll hang out in a tour bus and live happy ever after." <laughs> I didn't actually put all that in the letter. Um, I, I wasn't trying to totally freak him out, but at the same time, I did want to try to get him to remember me and and possibly get him to listen to Seeking Gravity because um, I, I think he would like it. To be honest, I think he would like our music. So anyway, we're there. The concert's amazing. Uh, just from beginning to end, I knew every song. I was singing along at the top of my lungs. Um, you know, I got some video and some pictures. Of course, Jacob and Jenna, they didn't really know the songs. They didn't really... They, it was a different experience for them because they were just kind of along for the ride. They didn't actually want to stand up the whole time. They were wishing we had brought chairs. And, uh, you know, I was just trying to get down front, you know, to stand up and, and be there, you know, just to experience that moment. 
but they were good sports and they you know they they had each other and they had a great time but um anyway show's over i'm really trying to to speak again with with the band especially emerson you know i really wanted to to just say hey maybe pass that note along um you know one of the things i noticed when when the band came out was it's um you know the, the main three guys of tonic um was emerson dan and jeff but jeff the other the, the lead guitarist was not there so i, I noticed that right away it was it was a, a fill-in a, a different person um but he he did amazing he did he was awesome and, and great um but anyway i just I, I noticed that right away being a true fan that i am <laughs> so anyway uh i take jacob and jenna we we walk around to to the back side of, of uh kind of where where the band was was playing and we actually needed to kind of go out that way anyway because our car was parked that direction but we kind of waited behind this barrier to uh to, to see when they wanted if they were going to come out and, and talk to us and there were some other people there that, you know that they were talking to and um and that sort of thing well the the lead guitarist is actually the first one who i started talking to and this this actually was was so cool because you know, I didn't, I didn't know who this guy was, but as as I was talking with Jacob and Jenna, as we were walking up, um, I asked them, "What did you think? What did, did you like this? Did did you enjoy it?" And Jenna said, "Well, I think I would have enjoyed it if it had been somebody that I liked. You know, somebody that I listened to a lot." Um, and she gave a couple examples of you know groups that if it had been them, she would have absolutely loved it. Uh, Taylor Swift was one of them. She's like, if it had been Taylor Swift, then I think I, you know, I would have been down front. I would have been singing really loudly those songs, and and I would have had as good a time as 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 I did, you know, as her dad did. And I was like, yeah, I get that. I I I think that that's probably true. That you enjoy what you know better than something that's kind of brand new and maybe not your thing. So that, that conversation had just taken place, and then uh, we're standing there, and I'm talking to this, this lead guitar player, and, you know, I didn't want to make him feel bad by saying something like, so you're not Jeff, <laughs> right? But I was I wanted him to know, like, that I, I knew the band, and I, I knew that um, he was obviously kind of filling in, and, and I was like, man, you did so great, you know, you're, you're really, really good, and... I just kind of asked about about Jeff, and he is doing a lot of composing, and he's doing a lot of great work in other areas of, of the music industry right now. So he's just not really touring right now, as as this guy told me. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. And I just asked him, so how often do you play with with Tonic? And he's like, well, yeah, I, I, I fill in pretty regularly with with Tonic, but I, I also play with other groups too. Um, and I, you know that comment, I just kind of let that comment fly you know just I was like oh, okay that's that's cool that makes sense you know you're probably just a touring musician and play with a bunch of people but then it finally occurred to me to ask him well what other groups do you play with who else do you share a stage with and then so I asked him I was like well who, who else do you play with and he says well the the main person I play with is Taylor Swift and of course Jenna is right by my side and I look over at her and then her eyes get super wide to come to find out we were standing there talking to taylor swift's lead guitar player mike meadows great dude like super awesome nice guy and humble 
and an incredible guitar player. So we were like, oh, so you you are someone really neat to meet. You know, it was like that almost made the whole experience worth it for Jenna that we just were hanging out for a minute with Taylor Swift's guitar player. And she <laughs> later we were talking. She was like, I thought he was going to give me some free tickets to see to see Taylor Swift. Uh, and I just love that. That's what, where her brain went. She was like, oh, this guy might give me free tickets to see Taylor Swift. You know? uh, as if he just like has those in his pocket, right? To just hand out to any girl he meets. Uh, but I just thought, I mean, how how crazy is that, right? Like, out of nowhere, we're meeting Taylor Swift's guitar player after Jenna had just said, had it been her, I probably would have been as excited about this as you are. You know, I, I would have been way more into it. Uh, and that's, that's, I guess that makes sense. That's just kind of how, how things are. Uh, well, I ended up, I did get to then talk with, uh, with Emerson and, you know, it's always one of those things where, and I found myself in this situation before too, like, um, growing up in, in, in youth group when I would go and see like one of my favorite, you know, Christian rock bands like Jars of Clay. And then you wait in line to, to talk to them and you're like, gosh, what am I going to say? You know, like. I know how to play all your songs on guitar. I sing your songs all the time and in church and in, in coffee shops and other places. You know, what What do you say to like, you know, to not, you, you kind of want, you, you want to be complimentary, but you don't want to freak them out either. So, you know, and I, of course I'm always overthinking it, right? Like when, when you, when you meet someone that you admire so much, you want the conversation to go well. Uh, it's almost like I want them to like me too, right? Like I want them to realize we could be friends because we have a lot in common and because I get a lot out of your music, you know, maybe you'd get a lot out of my music as well. I don't know. So all of these things go through my, I remember specifically when I met Jars of Clay, I had all of these things I wanted to say. I had all these great ideas and I get up there and it was just blank scare like I couldn't say anything I, I was smiling and I just was I didn't know what to say and so finally one of the band members said to me hey thanks for coming out you know thanks for thanks for listening thanks for showing up to the concert so what did I say you're welcome yep that was what I said I'm pretty sure that's all I said to jars of clay that day uh, when I was I don't know seventh grade eighth grade you're welcome. As if I had done them such a, a great favor, you know, to, just just by showing up. Uh, you are welcome. <laughs> uh, I still laugh about that. But anyway, so this is another, you know, fast, fast forward. Now I'm like, you know, late 30s, going to be 40 in like two years. Wow, that's, that's pretty crazy to think about. Anyway, and I'm, it's it's a similar situation, you know. It's it's somebody I admire. I don't know what to say, but I I, I try to to do a little bit better this time by at least saying something, and <laughs> not just "you're welcome." So I I was like, hey, do you remember me? You know, you you played uh, that charity event, and and you know, and he did. He remembered me, and he's like, he he remembered playing Soldier's Daughter, and he said, you know, we we almost played that song tonight. That was a a possibility for the for the set, and. Um, you know, and he looked at me and he said, oh, you, you didn't have a beard before when, when I met you and yet now you have a beard. 
and, and it was funny because her, thinking back about that, I I didn't know what to say. I, of course, I wasn't thinking, yeah, well, yeah, that's that's true. I guess my I didn't have very much facial hair when, when I met you the first time, and now I've kind of let my beard grow out a little bit. But what's funny about that, and this, again, is just going to show you what, how big of a fan I am. I remember reading an article that was an interview with Emerson Hart, and one of the things that he had said, uh, kind of encouraging people to just go their own way and do their own thing, you know, he a comment he made was, everyone needs to grow their own beard. You know, and, and I remember thinking that that was, that actually meant a lot to me because when I first started um, doing music, actually, and kind of recording music and playing out, I, I also hadn't really grown my beard out much, but I always wanted to. And, but it just kind of looked really patchy. There are a lot of places where it didn't grow and, but I just let it go anyway. And, and it's funny how, I mean, that's such a small thing, right? Like, yeah, everyone's beard looks different. Everybody's appearance looks different, but just don't compare. Just do it. Do what you want to do. If you want to grow a beard, do it. You know, you don't have to, it doesn't have to look like any particular other person. You are your own person. So for some reason, his comment about grow your own beard was something that I really resonated with. And it's that, that was just such a, a small little thing. Anyway, that's just a little side note. Um, that's, really random but but it's good advice right whatever it is you're doing just do it do you be you um it doesn't have to look like or be like anyone else and even if it's uh for for a small period of time in your life you know you can shave it off whatever grow your hair out cut it whatever you know be be you um anyway where was i so this this, this was great, right? So I reconnected with him and we got a picture, you know, with, with me and Jacob and Jenna. And he was, he was so nice to talk to, to me and the kids and, um, you know, and that's, that's how it should be, right? Like we, we should want to be friendly to the, to those who are supporting us in some way. And so I, I really appreciated that. And, and Jen, Jacob said to, to me right after this, as we were walking away, you know, you always think that, that famous people are going to be, like, different somehow, you know, just, but people are people. And I, I thought, you know, that is a very wise thing right there, that, that people are, are people. So famous people, they're just regular people, too, right? It's just uh, other people know about them and know what they're doing, but they're just like you and me. And so it was cool to hear Jacob, my 13-year-old, to kind of have this epiphany, right? And, and I hope that is a helpful thing for all of us to think, you know, whoever it is that we are idolizing, they're, they're a person, you know, they make mistakes and they, they, um, they have strengths and they have weaknesses, just like you and I, you know, they have something to offer the world, but then they also have their struggles and they have their needs just like us, right? They're, we're all still growing. We're all still figuring it out. So this is, this shouldn't be something new. But at the same time, it, it really helps us to realize we are on the same playing field as, as every other person because we're a person. 
you know, you are a human being just like that person that you got on a pedestal in your life. Like they're just a human being just like you, you know, and, and in a way we really are in this together. Well, the story goes on because so then we're, we're just kind of on a high, at least I am, you know, uh, just walking back to the car. You know, at this point it was kind of late, kind of dark, and we parked pretty far away. But, um, you know, as we were, I, actually I called, called my wife, Elise, we were talking on the phone. I was kind of telling her about everything and how exciting it was for Jenna to meet Taylor Swift's guitar player, how exciting it was for me to meet um, Emerson and Dan and Mike and... Um, you know, and the fact that Jacob was just like, yeah, famous people are just people, you know, how cool, how cool is that? Right. We're all people. Uh, but then I, I quickly actually got off the phone with Elise because up ahead was kind of a dark shadow, um, on a bridge. And it was, a, it was a little scary to be honest. I, I wasn't sure what it was at first because from far away, we, I, I could tell something was moving. I, I just couldn't really tell exactly what it was. So I quickly got off the phone. I wanted to be present to be, you know, in case there was some impending danger about to happen. Um, so we're on the sidewalk, but we realize we have to get off the sidewalk because there's, it's actually a, a man. I'm pretty sure he was homeless because he was laying down on the sidewalk late at night on a bridge and kind of mumbling and kind of stumbling so we kind of walk in the road to kind of walk around him and then he he says something to me and I'm not even sure what I don't know if he was asking for money or or if I, I honestly don't I couldn't understand what he said all I know is that he said something to me and that's when he kind of got up and um I tried to say something back but I didn't really know what he said so I didn't know how to respond you know, it was kind of one of those awkward situations, and at the same time, I'm, um, to be honest, I I was a little bit scared. I mean, what if this person, you know, was tried to rob me or or something? You know, I don't know. You, your your mind kind of sometimes goes to worst case scenario in situations like this. But nothing happened. I mean, we just we just kept walking. Uh, I think, you know, he did kind of get up and move to maybe a new place. Maybe he thought there'd be some other people walking by and he just didn't want to, uh, to be somewhere where, where he would be bothered. But looking back and thinking about this man and meeting him and meeting Taylor Swift's guitar player and, my, you know, these people that I admire, this man is also a person. Right? This man is also a human being. So in the same way that I looked down upon this, this person, because he was homeless, because I, I was kind of scared, that's not right either. <laughs> he also is a human being, just like me, with needs, just like me. And obviously his, his circumstances, his situation was not ideal, right? Like I, I actually feel, um, some empathy for, for him. Uh, you know, I, I couldn't imagine living like that, you know, not having a home and, and I don't know, and I can't begin to know the situation that he was born into. 
or the situation that led him down the path where he is. Uh, in the same way that we don't really understand anyone's path, you know, whether it's a path to success, a path of um, quote unquote failure or loss. You know, we, we, we sometimes struggle to even understand our own path to know how, how we got where we are today. You know, how much of it is choice, how much of it is just happenstance. Yeah, I was actually asked um, the other day, what, what, what are some choices that you've made that have completely changed your life? And the more I thought about that, the more it started, it almost started to mess with me. Because when I think about the biggest choices that I've made that have shaped my life, those choices barely even feel like choices, right? Like to marry Elise was definitely a choice, but it didn't really feel like I was choosing to fall in love. It just happened. I just fell in love and I almost couldn't help feeling that I was just attracted to her and I wanted to be with her and I wanted to look at her. You know, these, these things just, I was compelled to want to be with her. And, and same with my music. I mean, I think my, my biggest passion in life is playing guitar, writing songs, singing, playing music, like, and as far as choosing that, it was almost like I was compelled to want to play the guitar to, you know, this was something that it almost didn't even feel like a choice. It was more like just something I discovered that was already true about me. And, and it, the reason it starts to mess with me is I start to wonder, well, gosh, what, what do I have choice over? What, where is free will in all of this? Which, of course, I do believe in free will, and I do believe in freedom of choice, and that our choices do change things. And, you know, every small decision we make throughout the day has a, a way to, to keep us on course or to veer us off course. And where that takes us a year from now it's hard to know and hard to hard to comprehend, but so and I and I of course believe in in freedom of choice because if if I didn't, then there would be no point ever for discipline. There would be no point for punishment. There'd be no point for a, a justice system. There'd be no point of holding anyone accountable for their decisions. It, it's just they would have no way of doing anything else but besides what they did. So obviously we we do hold ourselves accountable and others accountable to to make good decisions to the best of our ability. But of course, as as we learn, um, the the way we our brains work, you know, often we we do tend to repeat what has been happened, what has been done to us. You know, we we tend to pass on hurt to others because we have been hurt not just because we're bad people. You know, the, the more trauma-informed we become as a, as a society, the more we realize perhaps it's, it's not that anyone is good and anyone is bad. It's that we all just simply are. But when bad things happen to us over time, you know, later, it can, it can be really destructive 
in, in how it affects our lives. So anyway, bringing this back to my story, I, I kind of, I kind of hold this juxtaposition of, you know, the rock star on, that I was there to see on stage and the homeless man who I saw on my way back to the car. And then there's, there's me, the, you know, I tend to kind of put myself in the middle, which we all do, I guess, if we think about, um, <laughs> we're, by default, we're pretty egocentric in a sense that we are the center of our own lives. And so we, the point we I'm trying to make here, we compare ourselves to, to everyone else, whether or not we, we should, <laughs> It goes uh, back should, to, should to what Jacob said. There, people are just people, and our judgments either elevate them to pedestal or below us. But that doesn't mean our judgments are right, and that's even true about ourselves. Our, our judgment about ourselves, you know, we we might begin to think we're better than everyone else. And when we do that, we, we end up treating other people like they're less than us. Or maybe we actually think less of ourselves. And so we are putting ourselves down all the time. And that also is not good. It's, it's, it's not a good way to live. It's not a good way to think. And as a matter of fact, the more you put yourself down, the more you live into that reality and you you aren't willing to take risks to you know go after your dreams because you think who am i to deserve something like that in reality who are you not to deserve all of that you're a human being with desires and goals and dreams talents a, a unique set of personality and you know, you're, you're a mixture of matter and spirit in, in a person that has never existed in all of eternity before and never in eternity again will you be this exact combination of atoms and molecules and, and matter and, and spirit, breath, consciousness... The things that make you, you, are uniquely you. And you are a gift. And you have something of worth and of value to offer the world. And really, what this whole day made me think of was just what a gift today is. You know, again... Uh, a Saturday that I didn't have any plans became a profound, meaningful experience because I found out about this thing and I wanted to do it, so I did, right? And so how, how often do we take advantage of, of moments like that when you, you see something that, that you just, you want to do it and so you do it? I think often we, we don't do that. Maybe we, we think we don't deserve it for whatever reason. Or maybe we do that too much and we, and we take a hold of so much that we forget that we are just part of the universe and that this thing called life is a sharing. 
this thing called humanity is uh, a club that we belong to, that every human being belongs to, and everyone deserves to have their needs met. Everyone deserves dignity. Everyone deserves some level of respect just for being a human being. So I've, I've learned a lot of lessons just from thinking about this, this one experience, and I wanted to share a little bit about that with you all, because I know if you're listening to this, you're with me. You're still figuring it out for yourself. You're still figuring it out, out what it means to be human, what it means to be uniquely you, to have a, a unique set of gifts, a passion, a longing, you know, just this desire to be fulfilled in and of itself is a gift because it can wake us up, you know, that we can we can realize that often we fall asleep to the mundane. Again, going back to just scrolling social media just to check out. Or do we look for opportunities to truly live? And how can we do that? despite the, the mundane and, and the things that we have to do? How can we truly take advantage of this current moment and just be here, just be present, and just realize like what a miracle it is that you're alive right now? It truly is remarkable. And I, I hope that every person that you see, you can remember that that person is a miracle, that that person is, is a gift. And, and may you believe that and know that to be true of yourself. Know that you have so much to offer. Know that you are not fixed in time or space, but that you are dynamic. You have potential. The point of still figuring it out is to remember this growth mindset that even our failure, even the worst thing that you could do, somehow good can come out of it if you're willing to learn and allow life to be your teacher. Everything in your life, every person, every event can be a lesson. And if we're taking heed to these lessons, we will just continue to keep growing. May that be true of all of us.